Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 218 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. And the other guy. Sup. Sup. Jamie? Is it Jamie? Well, it's not Matt. Okay. Because that was clearly established. It's not Matt. All right. So I, I don't remember. What is my name? It's, I'm not here to answer those questions for you. Hmm. Craig, do you have any idea who this is? Who? Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, I'm Luke Lipinski. Central preview today. NHL season begins in like two weeks. Two-ish. 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 Yeah. It, it is two weeks, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Two weeks, yeah. Two and weeks. it sounds like there might be a season next season. And the season after that. I know. Yeah. What are we doing here? It's crazy. I'm not locking out. I don't have to come up with another name for a lockout. But well, but that also means, as we'll probably touch on later, that your dear, dear Chicago Blackhawks will not get a compliance buyout. It's right over here, Craig, right there. There it is. It's a win-win. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of cowbell today. Yes, this is the Cowbell episode as we preview the Central Division, um, and we're going to we're going to go in depth on the Blackhawks. I feel <laughs> Brent so Seabrook will be here for a long time. Not in studio, though. No, no. I'd love to have him in studio. I'd love to grill him. M- most of what Brent Seabrook does takes a long time now. True. So true. Uh, we're going to have Moret Atesh of the Athletic Winnipeg on to talk about the tire fire that is soap opera. Yeah, I couldn't decide tire fire or dumpster fire. It's and Jamie will give his thoughts on why the Colorado Avalanche are either amazing or horrible. But first, Mitch Marner has signed. Uh, yes. What do you think is a bigger deal in Toronto, labor peace or Mitch Marner signing? Oh, definitely Mitch Marner signing okay. and Austin Matthews leaving in five years. Well, that's it's a given. You, you could tell they were starting to panic because the narrative has com- had completely shift. They did about maybe a week, week and a half before he signed. Split those syllables. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean Shifted. <laughs> a week, a week and a half before he signed where it became Marner was the enemy and Marner was the guy in the wrong. And that, so it's like, oh, okay, so now they're actually now panicking. Yeah. So then who would have been the favorite Maple Leaf if Marner had held out? Would it still be him? Morgan Riley. John okay. Tavares. Yeah, it was, was going to have to be. Your favorite Maple Leaf. John Tavares. Uh, Sorry, good call, Jay. construction going on downstairs. Me? You didn't hear that, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, don't, I never know what's going on over there. So Mitch Marner signs, Charlie McAvoy signs, Ivan Provorov, Brock Besser, Brandon Carlo, none of the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they seem uh, to hate uh, each Braden other. Point, Miko Rantanen. Yeah, that's true. Those guys need to probably get I signed here. Joke, pretty there's, there's a lot of big names still out there, right? Let, just, let's go with those three. Point. Well, no, actually, let's, let's include the Jets. So Point, Rantanen, Line, Kachuk, Connor. 
which one needs to be signed urgently? I would say it might be Rotten. I think so, too. Well, yes. I mean, at this point, I mean, the Jets... The Jets just need bodies at this point. Yeah, what's yes. happening to their blue line? They need to fill out a whole roster. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's rotten. But the, the issue is going to be there. As his agent said, he's using, as we all knew all along, he's going to use the Mitch Marner contract as the baseline. And Joe Sakic is probably not very thrilled about that. No, uh, it's very it's fair of him to use that as the baseline. He should. He's better. He is a better player. <laughs> he's. Can you imagine? Well. Rotten's not from Toronto, so I guess even if he was on the Maple Leafs, he wouldn't be viewed as highly as, as Marner is now. But uh, I just think Rotten and <laughs> we can get into the odds, Jamie. Have you seen the odds for Colorado's just to make the playoffs? No, I haven't. I'm curious. You, you basically have to put like a million dollars down to get one dollar back. It's just like a lock that they're going to make the playoffs this year, according to Vegas. So you mean we need to drive up there and put the money on? No, <laughs> you can. Um, but I, as much as I like Colorado more than Jamie. If they're playing you like any... Colorado more than you like Jamie. Yes. Is well, both, both okay. is true. More yes. than he likes me and the more than I like Colorado. Okay. Yes. All of these things. And it's not Jamie. It's Jay. Me. It's now a lengthy two-syllable <laughs> word. Um, they, if they play like three weeks of the season without Mika Rontanen, they might not even make the playoffs. I, I need him to sign just to almost prove my point. Because I feel like that's going to be the out for people when Colorado disappoints. It's like, well, Miko Rantanen missed a month of the season, so that's why they didn't make the playoffs, and not because they're just not as good as everybody thinks they are. So Jamie's just basically proclaiming to the universe right now, bring me Rantanen. That's what that's what Jamie's saying. Um, who else, though? I mean, Tampa can get by without point. Yep. Calgary can get by for a little while without Kachuk. I mean, none of these guys are going to miss the whole season. Winnipeg needs to figure this out. They need, like I said, they need some bodies. It's it's crazy what's happening there right now. I mean, this is going to be a, a really interesting discussion today on the show. Wow, it's foreshadowing. Ooh. Probably setting About the bar that. way too uh, high. Uh, well, S- it's not us talking, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're it's, relying on someone who actually knows what they're doing. That's fine. Uh, SC Burn in Switzerland. The f- yeah, seriously. Power. Like, why, why, how many times are we going to hear this name now? It's it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it seriously, is do you think Austin Matthews is getting royalties? I think he's directing like everyone. Hey, why don't you, you know, something yes. under the table. <laughs> something, yeah. Um, maybe Ottawa can move there. Might have, oh, they might have a better that, team. Is that your segue to Jamie? It is. This is where I, you did, talk. We're talking about Ottawa being terrible? No. This is where you talk. segue into the story. talk about That's going to segue into the story about Melnick owing everybody in Canada and elsewhere money. Do you think he owes this show money? He probably does. We should collect. I feel like there's like a class action coming against Melnick. Can you, can you uh, he's being lift his debts? He's being I don't remember Aside from his team. Well, yeah, aside from the team. Uh, he is being sued by a U.S. casino for more than $900,000. Oh. Yeah. Gambling debt. But there's more. Can Did they you detail the gambling debt, by the way? Did, was it just one drunken night? At Mohegan Sun, which is, I believe, in Connecticut. You know right? what it is? He kept going. He kept playing roulette and screaming, put it all on Zaitsev. <laughs> and he lost $900,000. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's pretty much. Right there. Then, on top of that, he I just this is today. I saw this just looking today. He goes back to court to get his jet back because his, jet, his company's there. jet was taken away because it's being held over unpaid debt. Of almost seven hundred thousand dollars. I feel like some media outlet in Ottawa should just start the Melnick blotter, just a daily update on what's going on with yeah. Eugene. I'm surprised they haven't. Anything that, else, Jamie? Just the else? just the one point six million. And the oh, also, and in, in the headline that accompanies this, it says Melnick didn't want to pay for new arena. <laughs> he can't. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, did you just say why? Why? Like cool whip. Yes. Because you didn't want any whip, 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 whip? Did you on, say your, whip? on your chai latte today. <laughs> I did not want any cool whip. You made that 
point very clear. I did. Uh, I'm not an animal. I don't need whipped cream on my chai latte. Do, do animals get chai lattes with whipped cream? Yeah, it was like porcupines do. I thought this was a Family Guy reference. Yeah, it yeah, was. Really Jamie okay, just ruined you. it. He just missed it. I'm it more of American Dad guy. Really? Yeah. You're the first person in the history of the world to ever say American Dad over Family Guy. Does that guy. shock you at all? Like, I have terrible takes. <laughs> taste or takes? <laughs> yes. Or both? <laughs> Yes. Uh, Have you met taste? me? I actually like your taste in coffee because I'm now drinking the same drink yeah. as you. Wow. I guess converted to the uh, skinny ice, uh, skinny white mocha. Mm-hmm. Does this mean you're going to start saying less intelligible things on the podcast? It's actually going to be my nickname now. Less skinny white mocha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no comment. You have so many <laughs> moving, nicknames. Moving right along. Um, I had something really important to say I about highly, Ottawa. I, I don't think you did. I can't I imagine why you lost your train of thought. Yeah, no, I, I really Nobody said anything important to say about Ottawa in five years. Um yeah, I can't. The preseason's here. Let's just get to that. We've seen a couple <laughs> Coyotes games. Must we? Yeah, you really hate NHL I hate preseason. all preseason. All preseason. I don't like, mind the like NHL preseason. Like I like preseason. the NFL preseason? You do like the NFL no. preseason? No. But the oh, NHL is different. Why is it different? It just is. It's hockey. It's not different. It's yeah. awful. It's not. It's preseason. I like preseason. People draw conclusions, and there are no conclusions to be drawn. Yeah, that's actually my favorite part of the preseason is finding out who the who the heroes are going to be that have no chance of making a roster, but that everybody convinces themselves is the greatest player of all time. Well, what about and see, I wasn't sitting down with Craig the other night at the Coyotes game, the the part of the split squad against L.A. that was. Yeah, in we know you're too, you're too good for us. Yeah, you never used to sit with us when when I was there either. You, you look down upon down. us. He came down for a little bit. He visited. Yeah. Just just to beg he you to come on the corner to see if you were there. And once he realized once you, you were not there, he came down. And That's sat. pretty accurate, sense. actually. Yeah. I leaned out the booth, didn't see Jamie. So you usually look down. down on us from the booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking down on you now. Yeah, not just metaphorically. Yeah, very much. Very literally. But... Auntie Ranta let that one goal in where he just kind of waved at it like it was 1985 or Fourth something. Fourth goal, you mean? Yes. Yeah, off the off the rush. Yeah. It was. It was, it was that 1980s era goal. <laughs> just kind of kick out. come down leg. the wing and the goalie just waves and misses at the puck. <laughs> oh, well, get him next time. But that time. was, you know, after three goals in which he... <laughs> there, was, there was some pretty poor defensive play by the Coyotes. But then yeah. when you look at the roster, particularly the blue line, kind of what did you expect? Also, when's the last time Ranta played in a game? Uh, ten, months. ten months. Yeah, I mean, it's been so, a minute. There's that. L.A. clearly had decided to run the play of put a guy behind the net with the puck, he'll pass it out in front of the net, and that guy will be left open and he will score. Yeah, one of those guys that was supposed to be covering was uh, Nick Schmaltz, who yeah. we talked about needs to be better in the defensive zone. He just left his guy on, oh, all alone in the slot. That's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, to Craig's point, going to overreact. The Coyotes lost half of a split squad to L.A. Either way, I'm not going to sit here and think L.A. is good. They looked awesome in L.A. They really they Ooh. scored like 18 seconds in. Lane Keller's going to score 50 goals this it's, year. He needs to save these for the season. But that first one was So does nice. Labushkin. Well, I see him scoring in a month that wasn't October. So. <laughs> we have a question uh, about who's going to score the first goal. I saw that. Are Labushkin we getting to listener questions now? I, just, I figured that one was apropos, so I'll just toss well, it out there. it is because... I touched his sticks. Yeah, as we all know now. I now we do. You want I to explain? One. <laughs> you might be was you showing want. me his new sticks. He handed me two sticks. I dropped one. Good it job. Literally bounced off the floor, mm. and he looked at me. And he's a large man. Yeah, he is. Mm. He didn't look pleased with me after I dropped his stick. <laughs> but I told him there are ten goals in the sticks, and then he scored in the next game with that stick. Do you know which stick it was? I don't actually. I haven't asked him. It's, it's a little hard to communicate 
Yeah, the so, guy finally opens up to you and you and almost and break, and his, you break his equipment. Brand new. He did tell me actually. He told me I need to drop all his sticks now. Okay, so it was probably that one. Hand me all of his sticks. I'm supposed to drop them all before every game. I I know. I mean, just put my blessing on them once. Apparently, (laughs) is all it needs. I know scoring the goal is nice and all, but I would have paid good money for him to use that stick. And the first time he takes a shot, just splinters in half. (laughs) Just looks up at the press box. (laughs) He would have broken me in half. Right at it. Yeah. With, with, yeah, we're like, like the sharp end of the stick and just right at Craig. All right, enough of this and enough Ottawa talk. I can't, cannot remember what I was going to say about them, but uh, it's time to preview the Central Division. Do you want to talk about Labor Peace? Uh, I did. Good. You guys uh, just glazed right over it. Okay, real quick, Labor Peace. Cool. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, this is uncharted territory for us. Now Do you think this the... bolsters Gary Bettman's legacy? Because every time we've had the chance to have a lockout in the past, we've had a lockout or a work stoppage, I should say. A little. Just because we now we can't say that anymore, but it's he's one for four. Yeah, a, a little. It's still his legacy is still going to be. First off, we still have to deal with this in a few years anyway. It's not like this is the last time Love or Lockout. But let Mister Sunshine in here. <laughs> uh, I, here, let me answer your question. Okay, because Jamie is tapped out apparently. Um, I think it improves his legacy among people that are paying close attention. But I think the people that just want to boo the commissioner every time they see him, well, there's, there's nothing he can. I mean, he could learn how to fly and teach us all how to fly, and, and nobody would 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 care. People are still going to boo if they want to boo. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the other factors uh, when 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 measuring his legacy. The game's in a good place financially, right? There, yeah. There's a lot of good things to point to, and one of them is locally that there's an actual owner here yes. that is worth mm-hmm. his salt. So he's done a good job of stabilizing franchises that were troubled. The league is in a good place financially. If they can work something out here, it'd be a, a nice way for Gary to go out. If you know he's thinking about going out at some point. Yeah, yeah, he needed this. I you mean, think Bill Daly wonders that too. So, am I ever going to get this opportunity? Bill Daly's been there for a while, it's, hasn't he? I was watching footage of like a really old draft, and Bill Daly was just there, hanging out, looking exactly the same. So, yeah, central right. preview. Central preview. Are you going to ring that bell over there? <laughs> <laughs> that sound means it's time to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. The here you just uh, you ring the bell if what I'm saying is incorrect. Okay, the uh, incorrect if what if you disagree with what I'm saying. The Stanley Cup bound Chicago Blackhawks, Central Division title winning Chicago Blackhawks, Stan Bowman's a genius Chicago Blackhawks, uh, playoff bubble Chicago Blackhawks. Mm, That's fine. Okay, right now we know what we're working with. Fringe bubble team. Fringe bubble. Fringe bubble. We'll talk about them later in the show, but I mean, can you be hanging onto a bubble by a thread? Is that possible? That yeah, it's like called a, a balloon. Um, oh, wow, look at that! Yeah, <laughs> really proud of himself. Jamie. Wasn't I'm really excited about this. Too proud of himself. No, but look, we're, we're going to talk about this team later. But it sounds like a song from it, the '90s, hanging onto a bubble by a thread. But is there really a huge difference in talent level between the Chicago Blackhawks and the, the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, not if Dustin Bufflin's not playing. I know we'll get into that later, but I mean, you can't say Winnipeg's got a better blue line than Chicago. Mm, not anymore. Not at the moment. Uh, let's start with Chicago's highly touted blue line. Are Calvin DeHaan and Oli Mata the answer? Ma- uh, uh, how do you pronounce that name with all those things over the top? Yeah, I feel like he added a few more of those uh, this season. The umlauts. Yeah, hold on. I have my stuff. An umlaut of umlaut. You have your stuff. I one. I didn't bring a dog. Oh, that's nice. You didn't leave them in your car to burn this no, time. <laughs> there you go. See? Now, now What's the name drops. of this one? We haven't named him yet. Still haven't seen that mm. Ballard ever since that Coyotes. Yeah, uh, it's possible that uh, Luna, mm. the, 
the dog has that mallard. I don't Victim. know. Yeah, but here we go. I've, I've got a penguin here. I don't need to talk What's about this penguins. penguin's name. It doesn't have a name. Did you just not hear Jamie ask the it same needs question? A name. It was going to be Oli, but they traded him to Chicago. It's so, about the yeah. size of Chris Connor. It's, it's rude. All right, Craig. Okay. This isn't about the Penguins. This is about your Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. You saw my question, right? Is, if the answer is, do they make the Chicago no, Blackhawks are blue line? No, and Olimata the answer to the ailing blue line? Yeah, I just asked I that. answered my own they're, question in the show notes. Of course did. they're not. Yeah. Well, they're a- an answer. They're not the answer. That's true. It could be an incorrect answer. That's where I'm leaning. Okay. <laughs> yes. How does that blue line look? Let's just... Not well, great. Well, there's... Uh, oh, Henry Joe Gar- Oh, no, he's gone. Good thing they got him because he showed some promise. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, look, I mean, oh, I mean if you can get a time machine and get the only Mata from like four years ago, then yeah, that'd be really helpful for that blue line. But I just don't think that player's coming back for one reason or another. Well, he's Luke, only 25. It's possible. I mean, look, you, you can attest to his level of play, but it's been... Really all over the place and a lot of bad lately compared yeah. to what it was a few years ago. I really liked him when he first broke in and then he had a series of just bad injuries and bad luck and now he's not consistent at all. But maybe it's just a matter. I mean, he was not playing on a good blue line in Pittsburgh, really. Other so he should be Chris used to it here? Yeah, so, so A, maybe he gets a fresh start and B, he's used to not playing on a, a good uh, blue line. Is he going to uh, play with Seabrook? Who do you feel good about on this blue line? Duncan, Duncan Keith. Keith. What about Eric Gust? I like he had him. A good offensive season. I like He's him. Not going to do that again. He's also going to regress. I'm in like other Blackhawks. Um, He's fine. He's fine. Eric Gustafson. Yeah, he had a 60 point season. I don't think he's going to get that again. I don't but, either. But he's fine. He's he's uh, he's deserves he's to be. Fine. He's a legit top four guy. But. If you're looking at how this defense is constructed, it is clearly built around Brent Seabrook, who will be here for another five years at $6.8 million a year. That's who you've built your defense around. And Connor Murphy. <laughs> so beyond that, Duncan Keith is signed for four more years, but still at a really good deal. But he's 36. He is. And he's slowed down. And I I am of the opinion that Duncan Keith is no longer a top pair defenseman. Well, yeah, he's got a lot of miles on that body. If you did this right, he would be on your second pairing at this point in his career, and you'd be fine with that. But Jamie's right. This is like when Kobe retired from the NBA. He had played however many years, but... When you consider the actual wear and tear on his body, he had played like another six years. And it's not just the amount of playoff games. It's the amount of minutes. I mean, yeah. it's those 30, 35-minute mm-hmm. playoff games. It wears on you. It gets to you eventually, especially when you're the only defenseman for a while that they trusted on the ice in the postseason. Yeah, when you have to make up for everybody else's mistakes, Back. so you're skating even too more. Too bad they don't have a good defensive defenseman. Yeah, that's a real shame, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, Olimata, Connor Murphy are all signed for the next three years. Calvin DeHaan is the poor man's Nicholas Chalmerson. Very very poor man. Yeah. Like the guy who just had his credit card stolen, Nicholas Elmerson. And beyond that, I mean, Gustafsson, Slater Cuckoo, and uh, Carl Dahlstrom. uh, You can report your credit card stolen and get them replaced. I don't feel like Calvin Dahan has that potential. (laughs) Let's let's keep up with this analogy. (laughs) Let's let's carry it all the way through the season and never explain why. Yeah. Like Calvin Dahan is the Discover card. A blue line. A blue line. <laughs> a sponsor of the NHL. Oh. Um, okay. Who will regress more this season, Jonathan Taves or Dylan Strom? I should put Eric Gustafson in that, too. <laughs> Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom. Shooting percentage think... was, what, 89% last year? <laughs> right. right. What? And by the way, why is, that not, why is that not being talked about? Oh, he's going to shoot close to 17% again next season. No, he's not. A lot of guys on the Blackhawks, have you looked at this? Yes, a lot of guys. I have. 
Yes. They had really high shooting like percentages. Cite them all. <laughs> yeah. Yes, actually. No. <laughs> in order, in alphabetical order. I would be a little concerned by this. Mm-hmm. I did not realize Alex Dabrinkit's shooting percentage was eighteen point six. Yeah, he scored every time he shot the puck. That's that's higher than Strom. Strom's was uh, with mm. sixteen point two, but they had a lot of guys. Taves was fourteen point nine. Uh, even Kane, twelve point nine is a, that's a little bit high even yeah. for Kane. I feel like Patrick Kane can keep but, it up. But yeah, the rest but, of them, but, eh, yeah. not so much. What was Eric Gustafson shooting percentage? Ten point six. Okay, that's mm. fair. But still, yeah, for I a defenseman, look, that, be a sixty point player. Though. I could score twenty points on a line between DeBrinket and Kane. I would yeah. like to see that. No, you could. That's true. I couldn't. <laughs> well, you really. Well, I, I don't know. I might. Player. Like, I just might be able like, to touch the puck at some point if in the play. Offside rule did not exist. Yes. You could do it. Yes. yes. Okay. Unfortunately, it still does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay, Kane's, Kane's career shooting percentage is 12.1 yeah, for he context. Can, yeah, yeah. But if Patrick Kane's shooting percentage is 12.1, I don't, he, and really he's an elite scorer at this yes. point, I don't feel like uh, even Alex Dabrinkit, who I like, is going to be shooting above 18% this year. Mm-mm. So answer the question, Craig, which one regresses more between Taves and, and Strom, you think? Yes, because Taves will be playing with Kane. Uh, to be clear... Strom can be a good player and still regress. He just the fact that everybody decided to label him a seventy-point player. Yeah, oh, they got a star. He's just going to keep this up. He's just—he's going to build on this. Mm -mm. Maybe not. Mm, That's—that's pretty ridiculous. If he does, more power to him. I I don't want people to think I'm hating on Dylan Strom. I'd love to see him succeed. I kind of have a rooting interest in this team. Yeah, I would like them to be good. But he's an easy guy to root for too. He is. He's such a good kid. He really is. And with all that he went through, it's nice to see him having some success. But I also have to be realistic in my analysis of things, (laughs) and I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, for him to finish last year, what fifty-one points in fifty-eight games, seventeen and thirty-four. I, I, I just I think he could shoot. 9% 9% and still have a good year, right? And he's not yeah. necessarily a... I think he's like a 50-ish point guy. Yeah, which is which fine. Which is fine. But he's not a point-per-game player and the clear winner of this trade, as everybody seem, in the world seems to be talking about him as. <laughs> All of our, Well, he, he went to the, the team in the huge market and had instant success, so people don't look past the first like two months of a deal, especially when the other player's hurt and wasn't even playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed our analysis and our answer to each of these questions has been, they're fine. He's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. The team is fine. They're fine. Fine. They're not a cup team. They're maybe, maybe, if you really squint your eyes, you can see a last wild card spot. They can win. If a lot of things go wrong. 37 games. Maybe get lots of or maybe they'll, points. Maybe just do what they did last year and get, <laughs> get gifted the third overall pick again. You know, this you never is, know. Yeah, I forgot about that. This is not uh, in the notes, coincidentally enough. But who is the next up-and-coming piece that Stan Bowman trades away, do you think? <laughs> That's just not fair. There's not a lot of options. It's just cruel. I feel like it's highly a relevant question, though. But there's not, there really isn't a lot of options. There really aren't, because uh, now you're talking about... It? You're not going to trade him. Up-and-coming? Adam Boquist? Boquist? Doc? Didn't they just draft Kirby. him? Oh, well. No, they just drafted Kirby Doc. Yeah. So they'll give him a couple years. Yeah. They like to develop the players before they, yes, they move on. For, uh, you know, to make those cup runs. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. How um how are they going to handle things in goal? It's a good question. Is Corey Crawford going to be healthy? I hope so. Me too. But there's also, I mean, the reality is we have no. to kind of look at no. well, we have to look at the situation of how many concussions he sustained in his career, mm-hmm. and as 
sad as it is to say, you're in the range now where your next one could be your last one as a player. And you're like, more susceptible to concussions because you've had some. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the own possibility that, I hope it doesn't happen, but that he sustains another head injury and that's it. Or he just finally says, I've had it with this. Yeah. yeah. Which, he's which I don't blame him. I, I yeah. wouldn't blame him either. And this is the last year of his contract, too. So He's got cups. Yeah. It's, he's not going to be competing one for for one this year so I mean it's entirely possible he just looks around at some point even if he doesn't get another concussion if he deals with a knee injury or an ankle injury or something it's just like I don't need to keep doing this and this is why Robin Leonard was signed and why the Blackhawks have decided to commit 11 million dollars to goaltending for this season because they wanted an insurance policy in case Corey Crawford has the kind of season that he's had a lot recently now what will Robin Leonard look like behind this team will he look like the guy who played behind the islanders i'm not so sure i don't think so that's uh, barry trotz plays an entirely different system than at least we saw early on with jeremy calton i didn't, didn't see much structure at all with the blackhawks that, last year that's, and that's why, troublesome in and of itself that's why the su- signing surprised me just because I, I mean again i don't know what was out there for laner but signing a one-year deal with a team that has a poor blue line i i didn't understand this because you're coming off of the best year of your career in a system that is very, very, very goalie friendly, mm-hmm. and you parlay that into a one-year deal, where a system that's not very goalie friendly, I, I, I don't get this. I feel like if Laner had a, almost a long-term deal somewhere else, which again he might not have, but boy, I feel like this is going to cost him a lot of money. He might be okay there, but he's not going to put up the numbers he would at a lot of other places. Let's flip that too, though. Now, if Corey Crawford goes out and you need a, a number one goalie, I get it. Should the Blackhawks have gone? I don't know, a little more risk trying to find a guy who could be an up-and-comer as your backup and then, I don't know, invested some money in the blue line? Yes. The problem is is they don't think that way because they think they're a cup contender. <laughs> That's the, the, This team acts like they're a cup contender and they're not. Like, that's that's the problem. There's a disconnect between the talent level of this team and what the GM thinks the talent level of this team is, and it's been a problem for a while. What are the fans like there, Craig? I mean, do they see this as... There's also all kinds of optimism going into this season with the Blackhawks. There's all kinds of optimism. That doesn't help. Here's the first example. Just I happen to see it, because I'm looking at Daily Faceoff to look at the players. The first comment is, wow, Chicago's lineup overnight just went to Stanley Cup contender, and I'm not a Blackhawks fan. So that's what people think of the Blackhawks. Overnight. All right. What was added that made them... Did they, did they sign Ovechkin last night and I just missed it? What what is what is their plan and goal beyond this year? Is it Delia? Is Colin Delia the future in net? Probably. Okay, because I mean both of their goalies are signed for this year and that's right. it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how safe it is to to plan around a guy that's not even on your team that you're just going to go pluck from another team in the offseason to be your starting goalie. So I would assume you're trying to develop somebody in the system. Delia looked okay last year, actually, yeah, when he played. And that is the future, at least right now. That's, yeah. that's the future. But again, it, it's just, it all comes back to how this team defends. And it's, it's when you look, this team has been a, that's been a problem for this team in its own end for a while. They have not defended well in their own zone for a while. Yeah. It's just gotten worse each season. And it becomes more noticeable when you're lacking other areas of the game to, to make up for it. But they, do, they don't move the puck out of their zone well. You can pin this team in its zone and, and make their life hell. And I don't know how Robin Leonard's going to hold up if he ends up being the guy. I don't know. And I don't know if it was worth committing $5 million to him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the more I look at this lineup, and I've been somebody who has championed the Blackhawks are going to make the playoffs this year, or at least be a team. Like, I really think the Blackhawks, Coyotes, and Oilers are all going to make pushes for playoff spots this year, or at least two of them. And you need to keep an eye on all three. <sighs> 
they've got I mean, a lot of things would have to go right for them to make the playoffs. Well, they keep doing this back back to the future stuff too. Andrew Shaw bringing Andrew Shaw back is he the, the player that he was? Oh, why do, why mm. does Stan Bowman keep doing this? Do you like the depth of forwards on this team? No, beyond the top two lines. No, I mean, look, I, I don't think Alex Nylander is a thing, and we'll see if he even opens the season on the roster. But uh, no, I mean, look, Brandon Saad, this is it. Like Brandon Shaw shot almost twelve percent last year. This is it. This is what he is. Like he's. This is his level of play now. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, how he, how far he's dropped. He yeah. only scores against the Penguins. <laughs> but like, look, Brendan Perlini is. I mean, anybody that's listening to the show in Arizona knows what Brendan Perlini's deal is. He could have a hot week and then disappear for three months. He only scores against the Coyotes, <laughs> apparently. Uh, and look, he might. He might. He's going to play middle six minutes for them probably to open the season. So, uh, no, it's this is the. the you take those top two lines off the ice. They're this is an AHL lineup on the bottom, like with Brandon and then Brandon's on. But like, it's not, not great. great. Is uh, is the rest of Patrick Kane's career going to be spent just like this? Like he, scoring 110 points for a team that doesn't compete? Yeah, he finishes yes. his career in Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think so. Okay, but I yeah, I don't see him ever winning a cup again. If that's what you're asking, I, I can't see it. I mean, there was a time where I thought they still had. They still had some years where they could retool like Pittsburgh did and make it happen, but they keep making bad decisions. So, no, yeah. it's not going to happen. They're going to be past their prime. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane will be past their prime by the time the Blackhawks can actually restructure this thing and hopefully under a new GM. I Craig's been saying this for a long time. should be on this team. They, they need two legit defensemen to be, I don't know, I don't know where they're getting them from. I really, I mean, you need you need actual defensemen that are going to anchor that blue line. And you're right. The more I look at it, they, they've asked so much of Duncan Keith for all these years mm-hmm. that it puts extra wear and tear on who he is. And they are putting nothing around him. And the reality is, yes, you're going to clear up a lot of money figuring out your goaltender situation next year. But there's you're going to have to pay Gustafson, who is a UFA. You're going to have to pay Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrincat, who are RFAs next year. Where's the money coming in to improve this team? Like all basically, you're going to get worse at goaltending just to make up to keep the guys in your forward group. So how is this team going to get better next year? They're not. Like, yeah. there's, there's no window for them at this point. Uh, let's let's go to Nashville unless Craig, do you have any final thoughts just, on Chicago? Just want to point out one thing because you're talking about the blue line and look at look at what Ole is making this season. He's making a little over four million. Yeah. It's basically chickering money. Nick Chalmerson makes five million. You couldn't you couldn't figure out a way to keep him around. That I just again, that trade just, was mind boggling when it happened. It's just like it, it's, it's it was to Jonathan, like, it was to Quenville as well. Yes, it's almost like Stan Bowman can't see beyond the here and now. Like I got to solve this problem right now. I'm not even going to worry about how what what the ramifications are down the road. It, which is weird because at some point there he had the equity built up of we've won Stanley Cups. There shouldn't have been pressure. Like it almost feels like they're running things the way Detroit ran things when they were just trying to keep that playoff streak alive and they yeah. were doing every little yeah. thing to sneak in and now they're horrible every year. Yeah, and that playoff streak's over now. By the way, yeah, the Blackhawks and uh, Calvin DeHaan should have been my greater comparison. He makes four point five five. So. That's a difference of $450,000, and you could have Nick Charleston. I mean, and just remember, look, you, you signed— Brutal. Yeah, and like the Bickle deals and the Bolin deals and all these other deals that you signed to lose top them. talent. Yeah. Like, you let— Nice him off. Yeah. It really, is just, it really is just Boquist on the blue line coming up. I'm yeah. just looking for guys coming up yeah. through the system. It's just Boquist. All right, uh, on to Nashville. The Predators. I, I mean, somebody's got to win this division, right? We're starting to look at all these yeah. teams. It's like, eh. Somebody is I legally mean, obligated. favorites right now are like Tal- Dallas and Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to them, but— uh, I don't know what to make of Nashville anymore. I tend to believe their window has closed too. Window to win the cup. Still a team that should be 
should be a playoff team every year, especially with that blue line, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the blue the blue line's gotten a little worse in the last couple of years, but it had room to get worse. Yes, but it, it the problem is, is that was the calling card, like that was the reason why they could win the cup, and now that it's just good, maybe even very very good, but not elite. I don't see how this team does anything but just be great regular season champions. Yeah, I mean, whatever you think of PK Subban, your your blue line takes a hit when you lose him. That's undeniable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because their third pairing now is nothing special. No, and I know that's like you don't need it to be, but when you were rolling out six defensemen that were dominant, that's a huge advantage that they had in other teams. They still have a huge advantage in net, but we'll see what Matt Duchesne brings to this team. That, the, that mean because they really haven't had. They, look, they haven't had the depth down the middle, especially when Ryan Johansson's been, let's say, schizophrenic points wise and production wise during his time there. This seems to be where Duchesne wanted to be all along. So he's there. I mean, that's essentially they essentially lost PK Subban so that they could afford to bring in Matthew Shane. Uh, and I get it. I mean, they needed offense more than they needed defense, I guess. But yes. I, I don't look at Duchesne as just a, a lock to get you seventy five yeah, points or something. And that's my question: Is he going to do what he did last season? It's or was that a contract year? It's. <laughs> I think some of it is that. I mean, he's very talented. But it's tough when you're bouncing from team to team to team every six months, it feels like, with him. At a certain point, you need to settle in. And I'm not saying Matthew Shane won't be great for the, the Predators in 2020 or something. But right out of the gate to just assume he's going to step in and have chemistry with everybody else on, on on an offense that's not really loaded outside of, what, Johansson and Forsberg? Arvidsson's good. I like Arvidsson. Yeah, uh, Forsberg's an interesting case, too, because he's missed some time the last couple years, and it, it He's ascended a little bit, but I want to see what his true talent level is, especially if he plays on an 82-game season, because he could flirt with 40 goals if he's healthy, but he hasn't been the last couple of years. If he's just going to be this upper 20 goals, 60-point, you know, upper 50-point guy, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. Like I thought the ceiling was going to be higher on him. I mean, he's better than Martin Erat, but I still thought the ceiling would be higher. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> clearing the Martin Erat line. Nice. Uh, Kyle Turris possibly to the wing? Yeah, I don't... What do you Ugh. think of that? He, uh, that's, that's just, to me, that's more a statement of, wow, what's happened to Kyle Turris? Yeah, that's not a statement of, we're just so loaded at center that we don't have any room for Kyle Turris there, so we'll slide him over to the wing. It's, he has dropped off considerably since really he went has. to Nashville. Yeah, that, that, that fit never worked. No. It happens. In terms of offense, it, you know, if, if Duchesne can be that guy and Ryan Johansson is a 60-point guy, that's, that's pretty nice up the middle. And if you can get, you, you mentioned the two wings, and then maybe, uh, you know, you, you've got a guy like Daniel Carr moving up who lit it up in the AHL. If he can be a productive NHL player, you might be okay offensively with that with that blue line that you've got and the goaltending of Pecorine, who's been solid for God knows how long now, at yeah. least a decade. Yeah, I mean, Arena, I, I, in, until I see that he can't do it for a full season, I'm not really going to worry about him, and yeah, I like Saros behind him. Yeah, they've got a good backup situation now so they can rest him more. This is a weird division because sure I know a lot of people love a lot of the teams from this division, but the closer you look at each team, you're like, I'm not really that sold on them. I know the Stanley Cup champs just came out of this division, but... The story of the Western Conference, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's I, just a lot of teams that the more you look, you go, oh, yeah. Ugh. I don't feel like the Stanley Cup champs coming out of this division this year based on what I'm... I hope not, because if it is, it's probably Dallas, and that would just be a nice, boring run through May and June for everybody. <laughs> um, anything else on the Preds? Daniel Carr. Can he... Maybe. Help them? Maybe. I mean, you, you look at the season he had in the A, I, I know that's a, a long way from the NHL, but, he, you know, 30 goals, 71 points? Maybe. Uh, they they seem to be pretty high on him, and, and they really, really need this infusion so he could get opportunity here. 
Yeah, they need the offense. But he's, it, he's 27 years old, too. So an interesting story. We, I won't dive into that too much, but interesting story. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to Dallas. Okay. They're not going to be as boring this year. They have Joe Pavelski. They can't be boring yeah. anymore. Uh, I I don't know why they can't figure it out, but they haven't been able to. And it, it almost and this is going to be a, a reference that is completely 100% a Craig Morgan reference because I know he loves fantasy hockey so much. But it really feels like they build their team like a fantasy hockey team. And then the pieces don't always really fit together. Well, do, do they not look at age, too, when they're building their team? Yes, if you're like under 35, you can't be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> they do look at age. Only on the blue line. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were good last year. They They were not... They were not great. They gave teams problems in the playoffs. Ben Bishop played out of his mind all year. You do add Joe Pavelski, so to me, if you make the playoffs, you got a guy that has proven to succeed in the playoffs, at least individually. I mean, I know the Sharks never won the Cup. But, I don't know, is this team a legitimate Cup contender? I, I don't look at them that way for some reason. It's funny how the preseason, there are a lot of people that are really high on this team, like have them as a Cup contender, and I, I, I can't get there. I can see them improving, but I have, I have a lot of questions. I think they're going to split up Ben and Sagan. It really sounds like that's what they're going to do to balance the lines a little more. So Ben could play with Pavelski on the second line. So you're, you're feeling pretty good about your your top two lines. At what point does Joe Pavelski slow down? He's not young. Corey Perry, I, you know, they're, oh, this is a great addition because there's no risk. I don't think Corey Perry has anything left. I don't think he's a very good player anymore. So I don't I don't expect to get much out of that one at all. So what is it that you I guess you're really feeling Dallas did in the offseason that that skyrocketed them up the preseason predictions? Well, I think it's more about what everybody else around yeah, them did. I, I, it's an indictment on the central. The, the question is, can Ben Bishop continue at an elite level of goaltending, and whether that's for 50 games and then plus the postseason? That if if they get that level of goaltending again, and by the way, Ben Bishop has been phenomenal in... I mean, he's not playing 60-plus games a year. He's playing like 48 or whatever he played last year. But he has been arguably the best goal contender in hockey over the last two to three years collectively, if you put them all together. If yep. they get that level of play again, mm-hmm. and Jamie Benn goes back to somewhat close to what he did a couple years ago, point production-wise, and you had Joel Pavelski, and the whole division around you is crumbled. Winnipeg's crumbling. I don't think Nationals as good as they were a couple years ago. Heisken, it'll be better. So then at that point, it's, it's not that they're this world beater of a team it's that that they look like they could be the team that wins the central in a weak division yeah and and you do like the combination of really good goaltending and a proven playoff performer in pavelski so bishop and pavelski just that combination if they make the playoffs not really a team you want to play in the first round or really anywhere i mean we saw them last year even make a little bit of a push and they they weren't nearly as good on paper as they were last year and jamie ben jamie ben was pretty Average last year, twenty seven goals, fifty three points. I mean, he was not good last year, not so, for a nine and a half million dollar player. No, but if he bounces back to what he was a couple years ago, then yeah, all of a sudden this is a much more uh, dangerous team. Heiskanen's the most exciting player on yeah, the team at this point, yeah, no doubt. Even I mean, that's, above that's Sagan, a player to watch. And you're right, his ceiling is still above him. He's not touching it yet. Um, that yes, work. he's and, reaching and, for it, but he's nowhere near. And it, look, it's a pretty young. I mean, aside from like Polak and Sakara and those guys, like it's a pretty young blue line with Lindell and Klingberg and Alexiak and Heiskanen, like. I want to believe Pavelski still has a lot in the tank. He again, he's thirty-five. I'm not worried about changing teams. I I love the guy. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, and he's such a money clutch performer too. But he's thirty-five, and here's another guy with plenty of mileage. Oh yeah. 
I like that he, if he plays with Jamie Benn, I like that a lot because I think the, their styles will complement each other. Yeah, I like that combo too. All right, let's get into Colorado. This is really oh, what we've been waiting for this Jamie whole just time. Handle this all by himself. Um, I like Nazem Kadri more than Jamie, but I think that's true of everyone on the planet. Actually. <laughs> I was just going to say, big deal. Everybody likes Nazem Kadri more than, than Jamie, except maybe Mike Babcock. Um, all right, Jamie, why don't you start us off with Colorado? Give us your biggest gripe heading into this season. My biggest gripe yes. is that I don't think their blue line's very good. I li- I like Samuel Gerrard. I think he's fine. I like Kale McCarr. I think he's just going to be going to be a star, but that rhymed. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to be a star in year one. I think he's definitely going to be top four worthy year one. Eric Johnson's there. He's fine. Like he's like he doesn't add or take away. He's there. Former number one overall pick. Shows him respect. Yeah. Uh, Zadorov, Kanaten, Rosen, like all the other guys. I just, uh, they don't do anything for me. I think the blue line is is well below average. Uh, and I, I don't still don't like their depth outside the top couple lines. Like, look, they have the, they have arguably when Rotten's there the best first line in hockey. It's them in Boston. Like th- those those are the two ones you're looking at. And they're on the way up, I would say. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Boston's reached the peak of what they can yeah. do. There is more for Colorado. I, I think Donskoy is a fine addition. I think Kadri is fine, but Burkowski I don't think he's. Too? I don't. I don't think Burk. I don't think much of Burkowski. That, uh, that, I think that's think the difference for me. Like I, I, I am lower on what he I think Burakovsky brings no. and Nazem Kadri brings. He, he does the Austin the Matthews move where he looks at the back of the jersey for the name to see who it is. Um, <laughs> I just look at the bottom. I just look at their second, third, and fourth lines, and I'm just not impressed. So with that, and them having really, I think only two top four defensemen, and a, still a question mark in net. I don't dislike Philip Grubauer. I'm just not ready to not convinced that he's going to be the guy for a full season. Right. I just think there are a lot of question marks on this team when you take that top line off the ice. And so much hype around them in the preseason. Like Dallas, there's a lot of hype around this team, but probably more with Colorado than yeah. Dallas. There's so much hype about this. This is the team on the rise. This is the team to watch. We'll see how they handle those expectations. I'm trying to run through this real quick. They're over under... Jamie, what do you think their over-under point total is? In Vegas? Yeah. I would say it's 97.5. What would you set it at? I would set it at more like 90.5. It's 98.5. Which I'm just, I'm trying to figure out which teams are, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, just take this You're expecting them to basically be the second team in in the Central. Here's the teams according to Vegas, which that's usually pushed by the public. So that's that's why I'm looking at this. This is a pretty good indicator of the perception of these teams. Projected to be better than Colorado this year. Boston? With 100.5, that's their over-under. Tampa, Toronto, Vegas. That's it. So according to the Vegas and the general public, Colorado's the fifth best Colorado's team in winning hockey. the division. Well, no, well yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, according to public money, but yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's way too much hype. I love him. I love Nate McKinnon. I'm from Call Harper. I mean, I have a whole gimmick about him on the show. Like, I, I love Nate McKinnon. I love that top line. You have a whole gimmick that Craig wasn't here for that one episode, <laughs> and you right, haven't done it since. Oh, well, there it is. So, I haven't heard anything about the Cole Harper thing. Yeah. yeah so Craig just thinks um, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry. I did. Look, if Nazem Kadri can be a 65 point player for them, then sure, that that would be a massive addition. But I don't think he's that guy. Okay. So let's let's do this right now, since we're doing the Colorado preview. What? You're going to take on a bet from a listener? Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah, for Nazem Kadri. What was what, the thing? Oh no, it was for. Well, you can call your shot right now. Whatever I don't. I already whatever I agreed to on the show already because it was it, it was a point total. But it wasn't an official. Yeah, we, we well, I don't remember that. what it was. I want to be a man of my word oh, for whatever I agreed that's to before. Already gone. That's so far shot. So just so throw out your your bet that you're willing to make with a listener right now, and then whichever listener tweets in first to accept it. 
You can say they make the playoffs, they don't. You can say Nazem Kadri point total. You can say team point total. Team point total is probably the easiest. Yeah, I think it was team point total because it was because I said I, I could still foresee them getting the second wild card spot barely. Like, but that's not an improvement. So what did they have last year? Ninety two points. Uh, let me see. I'm looking up right now. I think it was ninety two. So let's go. Whatever they had last year. Oh, ninety. So okay, okay I'll, I'll take the under on ninety and a half. Okay, so the under on ninety and a half points. Jamie is willing to make this bet with one listener, right? Yes. You don't want to make it with all of them. Yeah. Um, and and we have quite a few Colorado fans that listen to this show. So and I'll take the under on sixty cadre points if somebody wants to sixty cadre points. Okay, I'll just write these down on this piece of paper. I'm going to throw away in five minutes. Okay. Um, I haven't even really said anything about Colorado other than just to try and get Jamie riled up. Why is everybody so confident in Philip Grubauer? I don't know. There's just like there's two not good enough weeks? evidence here. It's more than two weeks. That's true. In fairness, I, well, he he was he was a fairly ballyhooed backup. Ballyhooed backup. Ballyhooed. This is good. In Washington, we have all these good names for the show, and I have to call it the Central Preview. But ballyhooed backups and fringe bubble. That's their bubble fringe or whatever no, you said uh, earlier. String string bubble or whatever yeah. was a weird thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And look, he could he could be the answer there. But I'm just not ready to say I confidently know that he is yet, that everybody else is just willing to say, oh, yeah, no, he's the guy. We see so much fluctuation mm-hmm. in goaltending, especially with unproven goaltending. I don't know what to make of Colorado because I love the top line, obviously. I do think they'll be the best line in hockey by the end of this season. It wouldn't shock me as we go through the Central Division if Colorado finishes, let's say, second in the Central and makes it to the Western Conference Finals. That wouldn't shock me. But I do think people are going crazy with the whole, well, Stanley Cup. And I'm not as low on them as Jamie, although I can see why you have questions. I mean, they're very real. So I would my range for them is they miss the playoffs by like a point all the way to they make the Western Conference Finals. And if you go through, if we put a range on all these other teams in hockey, that's got to be the widest I have on anybody. <laughs> yeah, because that's because Grubauer could really be good. I mean, to Jamie. Jamie's point, I mean, you go back to the expansion draft. A lot of people thought Vegas was going to take him. I was shocked they didn't, to be honest with you. Yeah. And they didn't because they took Nate Schmidt, right? Which was good. Worked out. And he's been like their only consistent good defenseman. Yeah. So, I mean, they Vegas did a good job, obviously, the expansion draft. And Grubauer would have been there to be the backup for Flurry, and Flurry's still fine. But he, he's it's not like he just emerged in right. February last year. Oh, he's a big key, no doubt. If he, if he is this good again, yeah, they could make a deep run. But I, they're just they're counting, people are counting on a lot of things with this team, including the progression of so many players. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, that number in Vegas reflects everything going right. And that's yeah. the point we make a lot of times. We, we talked about this more with Edmonton than we have with Colorado. But, like, y- you can't get more out of Nate McKinnon. You're not going to get more out of Mika Rantanen. Like, the, the, you just might get not, less if you don't get him signed. Well, no, that's true. Like, like there, there's only so much that those elite of the elite talents can then give you more year of. You need the pieces behind them to give you a lot. And I, don't, I just don't like the pieces behind them. Yeah, I'm trying to look at, at who in this lineup is going to step up and give them more. Kadri would be the one that you look at as the biggest range of outcomes. Because if Kadri is a 35-goal, 70-point player, that's a game-changer for them because they haven't had that in that, second, in that second center spot. I just don't think that he's going to be that kind of a player, particularly with the players he's playing with. Yeah, he's, uh, he's interesting to me because I don't know how... The pressure of playing in Toronto definitely got to him at certain points, and then he seemed to kind of get his career on track. But I, I do wonder if he's going to go to Colorado and 
it, there's not nearly as much scrutiny from the fans. It's a good fan base, but not nearly as much scrutiny from the fans and the media. I mean, there's it's that's the same of any city that isn't Toronto. I wonder if he's going <laughs> to yes. re- respond to that in a good way or if he's going to kind of trail off. Because he's hit 32 goals two of the last three years. And if you want to look at a lack of scoring depth, their number four goal scorer last year is on the Coyotes now. Because Carl yeah. Soderberg had 23 goals. Yeah. So, again, if he gets... 30 plus goals again and maybe ups his point total from his career high of 61 then yeah it's interesting but I'm just not a fan of the other pieces like Jonas Donskoy is a 15 goal scorer max like that's what he is Uh, Burakovsky maybe gets you 30 points like I think the the perception of the name value of these players goes well beyond what their actual production has Mm -hmm. been Donskoy's value in my mind to San Jose was always that he was he was undrafted wasn't he so you got you were getting production. He was with some really good players in San Jose, and you were getting production from a guy that you didn't even have to use a draft pick uh, fourth on. Round. Oh, he was just right, Florida. Okay, right. he was a very was oh, top yeah, you're right. Oh, that's right. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, either way, still a very late pick that never played for Florida. <laughs> but still, like again, he's a 14 goal, 32 to 37 point guy. That's what he's been like for most of his career. I like his game, which, which is fine. I like it. I but, like that addition. Ooh, you guys should fight. I'm not saying I don't like the addition. I just don't think that's. Oh my God, they added Jonas Donskoy. Now they're a cup contender. Is a weird sentence to say. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, St. Louis won the cup last year. And nobody's talking about them. They're not going to win the cup this year. I don't think they are no, either. No. Um, I don't think we'll see anything like that anytime soon. They, no, but we're going to hear about the narrative. Can't wait. Yeah, who's going to be that team this year that's in like last place, or right around last place in January? I mean, Colorado. Ottawa's going to be in last. So who's, <laughs> <laughs> Who other than Ottawa is going to be in last place in January? And that, win the cup? What could be yeah. last place in the no cup? No one. So, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think who, who who could be like that in the West, like Vancouver. Well, yeah, I'm not. That I'm has not an actual chance to make a run. We, oh my God, we're going to hear we from are. GMs. Worse yet, yeah, we're oh, going to hear yeah. from GMs. Well, just look at what. By the way, did last don't year. push the panic button. It was only you're right. Eight they months did ago. it. Because, they sure that means the odds are that it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, if I'm a GM, I am peddling that BS. But like, <laughs> if if you're a logical thinking human, you shouldn't. <laughs> but who's the team? Who's going to get off to a really bad start this year? And then it, not that they're going to turn around and win the cup, but that their GM's going to be able to say, "Oh yeah, St. Louis just did it last year, and we're not all going to laugh." In his face, hundred percent Vancouver. There's another team where there's way too much hype around them. Yeah, we'll get to them. Don't yeah. worry about them. Yeah. Look, they're in Canada. They're going to get hype. Uh, you know who who might say that? Stan Bowman might say that. Yes. Well, that's be interesting. Well, yeah, look, we, <laughs> made, Louis did last we made a late run, and you know, yeah, he'll go out and trade for Patrick Maroon or something. Because it's going it to be tough to like. It's going to be tough to finish. Be below the two California, Southern California teams. That's going to be really tough to do in the Western Patrick Conference, Maroon. but. He'll, get to, he'll trade for Patrick Maroon, and Patrick Maroon will play with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Yes. Because that's Patrick and, Maroon's and, life. For some reason, it won't work Blessed. this time. Um, <laughs> Just wait for Patrick Maroon to play with Nate McKinnon. Is, is Craig Bruby's hard-pushing approach sustainable? It what worked last think? year. It did. It can work in short runs, but can you keep driving guys like that and have it not wear on them? I, I don't believe you can. This is, but is it still early enough? Like it was half half a season. Well, I hope so. They just they're coming off a cup right now. <laughs> yeah, but. but I mean, it's interesting. Like I I think, and, and this might be sacrilege, but Usually I is. think Jordan Bing, Bennington is really good. But is there a is it within the realm of possibility that he has a massive regression in his first actual full NHL season? Sure. It's possible. Like Cam Ward or Matt Murray or Jake Allen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is not men as a shot. At St. Louis, but I can't remember the last Stanley Cup winner that coming into the next season I thought there's no chance they. Re- I mean, and, and nobody ever repeats. I mean, the Penguins did in 2016 and 2017, but like just go back some of these years. Washington in 2018, I didn't think they would win last year, nope. but 
I wouldn't rule it out and say, you know, less than 5% chance. The Penguins, the two years before, the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Blackhawks, the Kings, the Bruins, the Blackhawks, the Penguins, and the Red Wings, all of those teams that the, the start of the next season, I figured they'd make a deep run or at least had the pieces to. I mean, Pittsburgh was pretty worn down by the third year. But for the most part, if you had said to me the year after those teams won the Cup, they're going to do it again, I, would have, I wouldn't have thought you were crazy. St. Louis isn't winning the Cup again. No, but they could win the conference. Like I'm not, I, I'm not excited about this Western Conference at all. And, and look, they have they have three really strong pieces on the blue line. They have they're really strong down the middle. If they, again, if they get the goaltending they got last year, the last half of the year from Biddington, you have the pieces. The good goaltending, three solid blue liners, solid down the middle. You have the so pieces. So hard to play against this team too. It's you have the so pieces hard to too. Play against this team, and not like, who, not a team I'd want to play in the playoffs. I, don't get me wrong. They're going to win the Central, I think. Do you? Yes. And that says more. Again, this is just as much about what I think of the rest of the division as about them. But I think they're way more solid if they stay healthy and they get somewhat close to that goaltending that they got. They're going to win this division. I, be, I do trust Bennington. One hundred percent. Would it be cool if Robbie Fabry were were healthy this season? Ever? Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool for him? Yeah, and it's not like they got an amazing season from Tarasenko last year. I mean, it was very good, but mm-hmm. you don't you get the sense that Tarasenko could do even more? Yes, this yeah, year? absolutely. Needs to do more. Um, yeah. So that's. I mean, it's a very good team, and I don't want to. I don't want that to be construed as like I think they they were a fluke last year. I don't, and I wouldn't want to play like whoever's playing St. Louis in the first round of the playoffs this year. I'm probably picking St. Louis, but just as we sit here in the middle of September, I don't think they're even going back to the cup. I think somebody will take them out because I do think, you know, there's the wear and tear of going all the way last year. It was a very physical team last year, and I just think a lot of things really went right. Yeah, but a lot went wrong. Like I think they can get more from Jane Schwartz. I think they can get more from Robbie Fabry. They got a lot from Schwartz in the playoffs, though. In the play, yeah, but we're just talking about just getting there. Like, I think they can get more from Barbashev. Like, I mean, I, I think this is a team that, I mean, I don't know. Like, who in the Central do you think is going to knock them out? Like, maybe that maybe Vegas is better than them if you get to the what conference maybe final. In the West, yeah, but yeah. but in the Central, I mean, the again, we're the hot the hot picks right now are Dallas and Colorado, yeah. and I, yeah, I feel better about St. Louis than I do about either of those teams, yeah. honestly. What's uh, Ryan O'Reilly's legacy right now? Has, how much did he change it last year? Big time, actually. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I yeah. mean, you remember the narrative around this guy? With there, there was there was there was a lot of talk that he just was a, sort of a disappointment yeah. as a player. And now he's won a cup. He's become a great leader. He was terrific in the playoffs. It really helps to win a cup. It really it changes the entire view of you. Look look what it did for Ovechkin. Yeah, and it especially helps when you are the driving force yeah. to winning yeah. the cup. He it's really was not too. like you're just on the bench or whatever you're chipping in the occasional goal if only um, a team like colorado could find a talent like that that would really help them can you imagine if they still had ryan o'reilly know, right? on their second line <sighs> then, ja- then they would be a cup contender jamie then would I'd have them in, in the playoffs at that point if they had ryan o'reilly then i'd be all in on them um do we have to talk about minnesota why are we punishing ourselves I, well none of my questions were actually serious okay here i'll just run through them real quick one do we have to talk about the wild hey i just asked that question apparently yes because this is a central division preview two will bruce boudreau get fired yes. hopefully for his case what do you guys think because this is the guy this is the guy who has remarkable success in the regular season yes Not and anymore. if he can coax remarkable success out of this team in the regular season wow that's a heck of a coaching job because Mm, I to answer another one of my questions that's upcoming. I think this is the worst team in the Central Division. How upset would you be if Minnesota somehow snuck into the playoffs and Very. took a spot away from one of these other teams? Very. Yeah, I mean Minnesota, Dallas in the, in the first Please round. Don't make me watch Minnesota in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be an issue. Would you think about the Jared Spurgeon deal that seemed excessive? He's going to be thirty in November. Why seven yeah. years? The seven dollar years amount's it. fine. The years are not. Yeah, but I don't know what you do now because that this is what's what the expectations are. 
So, but I guess the reality is, you, you say you're not a you're not a contender when you trade him, but it's harder to trade the guy when you've signed him for seven years. Well, or I mean, before you sign him for yeah. seven years, but oh. I mean, look, if you want, look, their blue lines not bad. I like Brody and I like the Dumbo's really good. Um, maybe Devin Dubnik pulls a rabbit out of his hat like he did a couple years ago and just has a Vezina caliber season. And that's really all I can see if I'm trying to squint and try to find a playoff scenario for this team. Yeah, nobody liked up front. I just, no, not not at this stage. I like Zuccarello, but Zuccarello's not a... He's a second-line guy. He's a complimentary piece. I do like Erickson Eck, but not in the I'm going to carry this team to the playoffs on my back sort of way. It, it was interesting when Spurgeon signed that deal, he became the... What was it? The highest cap hit Minnesota's ever had, just yeah. barely clearing Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, who are both still signed forever. So those were terrible deals. But it does show how much things can change in the NHL quickly. When when those two deals were signed for Parisi and Suter, it was like they were like the highest paid players ever, and now they're getting paid less on their own team than Jared Spurgeon. <laughs> Not by much. I mean, it's 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 honestly a couple thousand dollars a year, but still six more years with both those players. Yeah, that's not six. Gonna work. Yikes. Uh, will Paul Fenton ever work again is a question that Craig wrote in the notes. Probably somewhere. Who gets somewhere a job? Rhetorical. Paul Fenton or Mike Yo? Who gets who gets another job first? Fenton or Yo? That should be a, a game we play on this show every week. Uh, is this the worst team in the Central? I, I do. I think so. I think they are. Let me see if I can pull up their number from Vegas. That was extremely difficult before, so somebody say something. No. It's, it took you a while to find it. 84 and a half. 84. Is that the lowest in the Central? That's about right. Like I how, many, how many teams are lower than the Wild? Just Ottawa, in all of clearly. hockey? Yeah, in all of hockey. Clearly the Kings and Ottawa, Senators Buffalo, Detroit. <laughs> because it's 2019, Anaheim, it's LA. impossible to sort this by number, so oh, I have okay. to go through. An- uh, Anaheim is. Buffalo is. Yep. Um, I assume L.A. and Ottawa. Columbus is the same. Yeah, Columbus mm, Yeah, I keep forgetting about them. Detroit is Columbus might them. be the most forgettable team in the league this year. Uh, the Oilers are only one point ahead of them. I would pretty confidently take the Oilers over the Wild at this point. The Kings are way below them. Um, that's that's rough. What's that's the Blackhawks? Ottawa Ottawa's sixty eight and a half, and I don't know if they're going to get there. <laughs> What's the Blackhawks? Ninety and a half. Yeah, they could get there. That seems reasonable, actually. But that's what I talk about. That that'll miss the playoffs. So if it, it doesn't sound like Vegas has the Blackhawks in the playoffs. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to do ridiculous amounts that's of math. Um, Ryan Donato, that do anything for you? Oh, he's a great interview. Other than that, I, <laughs> I do like him as a player, but. That's I don't know. They're they're largely forgettable as usual. They're not bad enough like Ottawa for us to really want to talk about or Buffalo. Right. They're just kinda there and they better not eat up a playoff spot this year somehow. You're right. So let's move on to listener questions. All right. We've killed the central. We are going to hit um we're gonna get to Winnipeg at the end of the show. Okay. So people don't think we forgot that. Sorry. Yeah, let's talk to uh Rada Tesh instead. Yeah. No, we're going to do listener questions now, and then we'll okay, talk Okay, let's do listener questions now. <laughs> we definitely did not record this interview prior to it's, this portion of the show. It sounds like somebody, like, pre, I don't know, pre-programmed Craig the wrong way. Yeah. All right. Why don't you say something while I pull up the listener questions? Something. Yeah, it's, it's, I know I can always lean on you guys. I feel like Patrick Line and my line mates are letting me well, know. Well, I mean, look, I, I remember what one of the questions was off the top of my head, so I'll start with no, that don't one. Don't try and remember the question. I remembered Just, a question. I already brought it up right. to you in the pre-show. All right. Go ahead. Well, man, now I don't want to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good. Now that Jamie's crushed emotionally. Oh, God. Uh, Mike writes in, who have been the top three prospects in camp? I would assume that means Coyotes camp and not all of the camps. I got answers. Okay. My answers. This anyway. would be a good time to I've deliver I've watched those. two periods of Coyotes preseason hockey, so don't, don't come to me well, for there's this. There's only been nine. I know, so I've watched two ninths. Thanks for the math that you didn't even really do. Victor Soderstrom, Barrett <laughs> yes. Hayden, and 
Jan Yenik. Ooh, they do like Jan Yenik. Really taking a step up. They are. There's Rick a lot. Of, told me he has moved past a bunch of prospects. They're really, yeah. really high on his progress. That's. I can second that. A lot of people over there like Jan Yenik. Um, with the big group yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Dangle Snipe Belly. What would be worse for the NHL in terms of growth, viewership, and fun? The Coyotes making the playoffs solidly or Minnesota making the playoffs at all? Also, why do players keep signing to stay in Minnesota? I don't really understand the first part okay, of the question, so, but I, I understand the second part of the question, which, by the way, was in all caps. All right, so the first part, uh, it would be less fun for the NHL if the Wild made the playoffs yes. versus the Coyotes. The second part... There are storylines uh, with the Coyotes now, Phil, I mean, national storylines. Phil Kessel. Growth potential yeah. if Minnesota makes the playoffs. Minnesota makes the playoffs. They, I mean, it's, and they already have a solid fan base, so I don't really yeah. think that adds anything. The second one, one, obviously money's a factor. Two, we have to remember they're still human beings and not robots, and maybe they like living in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. They have friends on the team. Uh, they're probably way more Enjoy optimistic. The negative 20 winters. <laughs> and probably they're way more optimistic about their team's chances than we are. All those are big factors. Also, you know, $7.5 whatever million dollars. All right. Dustin Rayhorn. Let's say the Natty Hattie crew gets their own NHL rescue puppy named Goodman. Okay. Goodman. Who is the one person that can be trusted with his care? Well, <laughs> that's obvious. Probably well, this Craig. Is, this is Craig. Uh, yes, Craig. One, I can't be trusted with anything. No, you, two, you're not even an option. <laughs> you leave your ducks in a hot car. This one seems fine in dog's mouths. Yeah. Uh, Greg writes in, anyway, line A gets traded and maybe a bigger pipe dream any way the Coyotes could land him without giving up Chikrin. I'm glad you called it a pipe dream because he's not getting traded. Yeah, I, I, I don't no. think the Coyotes can afford to have more forwards that can't play defense. <laughs> they could if he could score 40 goals, but if he could score 40 goals, Winnipeg's not trading. Line A, Schmaltz, Phil Kessel, no defense. Let's go. And you probably put Keller <laughs> in that group, too. That's true. Um, it, okay, this was the question I asked earlier. I don't think you guys even answered it. Rose, in the regular season, who scores a goal first, Labushkin or Jalmerson? I'm going to go Labushkin. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to go Labushkin now, now that Craig Morgan has blessed his sticks. Yeah, That's I think he's, true. I have blessed his sticks. I do think Jalmerson gets more goals than him this year, but I think Labushkin gets the first one. All right. And he points up to the press box and, and thanks, Craig. I need more than just a point. I'm going to say that right now. Okay. You, like, you like the Patrick Kane like heartbreaker celebration? Sign, yeah, or just yeah, something like this. Uh, listeners can't. No, they really can't see that. No, this is not, it's still doing. not a video podcast, okay. despite my wishes. Uh, Eldon. Feel free to take a break, Craig. I love fantasy football. Never played fantasy hockey. What should a first-time fantasy hockey player know? Scoring system is incredibly important. There's Just... much better things to do with your life. <laughs> well, that's not true. <laughs> well, why would you like read a book or something? I believe that's stupid. He said, no, play fantasy hockey. Focus on your no, family. No, know your scoring system because that's a lot ridiculous. of especially if it's not standard, because you're going to get rankings and projections based on whatever the website standard projections are. Some leagues award hits more and blocks more. Some don't care about that at all. Some care a lot more about goals and assists. You just got to see what the scoring structure is. Like in the the league that Luke and I play, and goalies are a little bit OP compared to everybody else. So having good goaltending is a significant advantage over the rest of the league. I would uh, I would also say, and this goes for all fantasy sports. Like it's fine to look at other people's lists, but kind of just make your own list. Yeah, because it, it, otherwise, it's not so much the same in hockey, but in football, at a certain point, if everybody's just looking at the same list, you're basically just drafting based on wherever you're. Yeah, wherever your yeah. league is playing. Take the players you want. Like, yeah. don't be silly about it. But Craig, for the most thoughts? part, take the players you want. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't busy <laughs> investing money in my daughter's future. What were you guys talking about? Uh, Coaches Jack writes in. What does Craig do if Jamie shows up to his ASU class and pulls an Arnold Horshack? Rose follows up with, Do Jamie and Luke have a clue who Arnold Horshack is? Jamie. Himself responded with, 
<laughs> An owl with a tilted head gif. Uh, Greg, do you want to you enlighten yes, us? Yes, I know who Arnold Horshack is from Welcome Back, Cotter. Thank you. Okay. No, there's, secondly, no, they, knew, they knew that you knew. They weren't yeah, Secondly, the door is locked. I re- I'm going to get into your class. No, I'll be in there. Yeah, it's going to happen. I know, I, I know people. You can't get it. I will honestly. I gave them way too much money. I'm getting in that I'll class. give them more money. There are photos posted of you at the front desk. I will do that face-off thing from that movie, Face-Off, that <laughs> wasn't about hockey and was thus very <laughs> Did you just cite a bad John Travolta movie? Is there a good John Travolta That's, movie? Well, That's, yes. Phenomena is a really good movie. Never seen Pulp that. Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Okay. I've never seen Face-Off. Um, Dangle Snipe Bell again. If Bufflin does retire, how much lower does the floor drop for Peg. He was really saving well all the way out of the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) into the lottery. Uh, Pat, did the Jets have the shortest window in recent NHL history? Yes, Uh, one year. It really does feel like it. Do they have the shortest window? I'm trying to think if there's another team. If we're talking championship, like could legitimately win the cup window? Yeah, I mean, which teams have had windows? It's been Pittsburgh, Washington, San Jose, preseason. Chicago, Chicago, yeah, remember them? Tampa, vaguely, but like does it have to be like in the preseason or at all? Because like there was season windows. Well, yeah, why don't you explain what you're talking about? Because like Ottawa, they were in the conference final, and then now they're the worst team in hockey. Nobody, but like nobody, they, but nobody yeah. thought they were a contender in the preseason. Yeah. They weren't even a contender in double overtime of Game Seven in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Pat, which central team will go furthest in the playoffs, and why? In my opinion, it's Dallas. Uh, I think it's St. Louis, slightly over Dallas, and for all the reasons we just talked about. Those would be my two choices, though. Those are the top Just two because in the division. Because Joe Pa. I, I mean, I'll throw Colorado in there. Of course you will. Um, I think Colorado has a has a chance. Loyal Sif, who has more points next year, Zadina or Hayton? Let's toss Kokaniemi in there too. Mm. I think Kokaniemi might get that one. Yeah, I, I, he's going to have a better role. Yeah, he's going to have a lot bigger role in the team. I think he has more. Um, I I don't know what Hayton's role is yet, or where he's he played he's wing be the playing. other night with Kessel and Step. And so. he and there's more to his game. Like he's his he's not an offense first guy. He can play low in the lineup. That's yeah, the thing and, yeah. That and he might have to, to yeah. start to yeah. start. I'm gonna to go start. with yeah, yeah, yes, Barry. Ditto. Um. Thanks. I'm trying. <laughs> Joseph wrote. I believe Joseph is the one that referred to Jamie as the other guy on he that show. Is first. indeed. Thank mm. you. So, so jo- Joseph will always for, get his, his tweets read. Yeah. For uh, a sort of a furniture piece on our show. <laughs> Uh, and Jamie should get a shirt that just says that other guy. I'm curious, in your preview, could you add who you think the top three will be, or is that going to be a podcast after them all? Top three what? I think he means into the division. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're going to do like an actual, like at the, the first show of the regular season, like our actual predictions, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll we could probably do yeah. predictions. I we were talking about the top three guys on the, the Natty Hattie, in which case I'd say, you know, you, me, and Craig, Matt. Luke. I just wanted uh, to be clear yeah. that you were looking at me when you said you. Luke, yeah. Luke Craig, and Matt. Yeah. And then, the top I mean, Seb, mm-hmm. Seb's honorable mention. He's yeah. just not here. And enough. then that other guy. Mm. I, don't know, I think at least like Verdeen Verbata made an appearance. Oh, he, yeah. He's, he's gotta, above. We do have to have and Then Verbata everybody from on. The Athletic we've brought on. What, how can we get Verbata back on? What would be the know, excuse you, to have Verbata back on and just pronouncing names? I don't think it would be that difficult. Okay. Yeah. Um, just tell him that uh, – who was the guy with Jared McCann? Just tell him he's not here. <laughs> I think Verbata will come on. Uh, Thomas writes, an honest grade of Tockett's performance as a coach so far. That's a good question. Mm. I think I like I like his in-game adjustments. I like how he is able to relate to the players. I like how he's got them to buy in on the whole, we're taking this basically you know, five, six, seven games at a time or whatever. And he's chip- they, I like that they've shown considerable progress each year he's been here. I don't know about talent evaluation all the time 
yeah. specifically I, like I, to younger players. I think this past year meant a lot because I was pretty down on him on the show, if you remember. I, I do still have questions about talent evaluation and about giving up on young players too soon. I guess that's a better way to put it. I think he can evaluate his own talent pretty well, but... I wonder if they gave up, and I know there was extenuating circumstances with Domi, but I just wonder if if certain guys they mm-hmm. pushed out the door too quick. Yeah. They got good pieces back, so it, it covers it up. I mean, you basically now have Kessel back for Domi and Schmaltz back for Strom, but those are the two guys I'm thinking of. Like, yeah, yeah okay. And, and some of it's not just the players; it's the philosophy behind it. You know, when when he came in, the big thing was all oh, you know he was the the young player whisperer. He's gonna he's gonna communicate very well with right. his players. And then you see pieces of your team that are very young that have a lot of that at least have high potential upside, and they were all pretty much shipped off within the first year, year and a half. So, yes, they've made up for it. Yes, they play. You know, his the performance of getting his team to rally together after all those injuries last year and play as well as they did was was massive. But you still want to see: can you do you evaluate, do you give up do you give these guys more time? Because we've talked about this a lot with like Clayton Keller, where. You know, we found out later on that he's no actually harder on Clayton Keller than we maybe per- perceived. But there were just players on this team that got a lot longer leash than other players, and I, I think even though they came out positively, again they end up getting Kessel through all these other deals for for Domi and those That's guys. That's Chica stepping in and making the deals, but yeah. But right. you gave up on guys like again, even if they didn't perform well elsewhere, you gave up on the Domies and the Duclairs and some of these other players right away when you right. were supposed to be coming in and yeah. make du- those players work for you. Duclair happened fast, but as we've seen, he was know, right. subsequent stop- yeah. stops, he was right. Yeah, um, with Domi, yeah, that was a weird situation that had as much to do with Ty Domi as it did with Max Domi. Yeah, so it's and not... It, it, that's a separate situation. It I is. Understand. It really is. You have to evaluate each situation. With Dylan, I mean, maybe you gave up too soon there, but... There's a certain way that Rick wants to play, too. He wants to play with speed, particularly through the middle. Dylan Strom can't do that. He yeah. just can't do that. And Nick Schmaltz can. Now, can Nick Schmaltz be responsible at the other end of the ice? I don't know. I, I don't know if he can. I think he's, he's really good in transition, in back pressure. But once he gets into his own zone, that's he needs a lot of work there. It, he needs to be an impact player on the offensive side of the puck. He needs to be. And we're only really focusing on the one negative we threw out there. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can give a coach an A until he makes the playoffs, but I'd give him a solid B plus after what happened last year because he's had he has dealt with a lot of adversity, injuries, and young players, and had them on the the brink of the playoffs last year. And I think he's done a lot to change the culture around that team lately. But this is a pivotal year for him too yes. because there are expectations for this team, and I also have to see can he get the top line guys to buy in? Can he get Clayton Keller? to buy in to playing a full effort game every single night out there. Can he get Nick Schmaltz to back check worth a damn? That would be nice too. I mean, there are a lot of things that you have to look at with this team now of saying, okay, there are expectations now, and if this team gets off to a slow start or this team is hanging around 11th, 12th in the conference by midseason, that seat's going to get warm for a lot of people. And I agree with you completely. This is a pivotal year. And he said it himself. We can't take a step backwards. So, okay, a step forward is the playoffs at this point. If you don't make the playoffs, this season is a disappointment for the Coyotes. Having said all that, and we we say there are no more excuses. Some people have said there are no more excuses. What does this team look like with a true number one center? Up there, they could compete with Vegas for the Pacific Division if they had that. And that's, I mean, you can't ignore that 
Yeah. Just about, I'm not saying you have to get a Nate McKinnon or, no. uh, or Connor McDavid. If they had a Ryan O'Reilly. Look, let's. I mean, we, we can talk about this hypothetical when we do the Coyotes preview, and we've talked about this hypothetical before, but I don't think it is ridiculous to say if you just if you change the 2015 draft and the Coyotes won that lottery, and I understand you're talking about adding the best player in the league, but you add Connor McDavid, they are probably the favorites in the Western give Conference him, right now. Give him Matthew Barzal. Say you took Matthew Barzal instead of Dylan Strom. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but I'm I'm just saying that like, lottery that year was so close. If, if, you, if you had McDavid, you would be the favorites in yes. the West. Oh, well, absolutely they would be. And even if they had Eichel, they would probably be uh, one among the top contenders. Because you would have McDavid essentially instead of Schmaltz right now. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, the way that would all work out, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and, but that's, I mean, some it, other things change around it, but yeah, of course. Maybe. maybe. But, yeah. A I little. Mean, I mean, you probably still get Chicker in the next year. But I don't year. think they even need the best player in hockey yeah. to get to that spot. Like, they just, they just need a true number one. Right. Uh, I want to get through some of these quick. This is our longest show, I think, ever. Murdoch, favorite type of bagel? Onion. As- Asiago cheese. Egg. Oh. Egg, yeah. Have not had a good egg bagel, like with an egg on it. No, or it's like an egg, egg, actually, egg okay. bagel. I, I just, wow, you, so you don't you don't visit with people after you eat that bagel. I have emergency mints on me at all times. Okay. Emergency. Uh, Mike, I just want to read Mike's because somebody responded to him, and so I feel like it's worth just reading this whole thread. Now that Mitch Marner signed, how long until Austin Matthews demands a trade to the Coyotes? Clearly, I, I think tongue in cheek. Some guy with nine followers who, who tweets a lot about Toronto instantly respo- responded back with when they actually start winning and won't be moved to Houston. Um, so probably after the fourth or fifth cup that he wins in Toronto yeah, oh, over yeah. the next four or five years, then he'll request a trade to, Wait, to I'm Arizona. not liking or that guy's tweet. because they haven't won a cup. That's true. heard on Sportsnet. Yeah. Both scenarios will lead to So if they win or they don't win, he's, he's coming I just This is one of my favorite subplots in the NHL is I the love, Austin the way, Matthews I jokes love this. and Toronto fans being so insecure about it. I love this because you know what? Because there are a lot of people north of the border that have talked a lot of garbage about yes. hockey in Arizona and all this other stuff. And they deserve I what they're I love that there's some level of fear in the back of their minds, particularly that fact that Craig Morgan has any involvement in it. It makes me giddy. There's <laughs> this so innocent, fear. Too. It was so innocent. It was in the back of their minds. Happy that, Q&A. That Arizona got twisted into something else. That Arizona hockey is going to steal Wouldn't their happiness. Would that be the ultimate stroke for Arizona Love hockey, it. though, if, if Austin Matthews came back and said, see ya, Mecca of hockey, I'm going home. They'll, they'll build an Alex Morello awesome. statue. It would be awesome. Outside of their new stadium and somewhere in the East Valley. All right, we saved the uh, most interesting team for last this week. Marat <laughs> Atesh of the Athletic Winnipeg joining us on the line right now to talk about the Jets, who I it felt like, Marat, I don't know, four or five months ago, this team's championship window was wide open. Now I don't know what to think. What's the mood in Winnipeg right now? <laughs> uh, sorry to laugh uh, straight off the hop, but uh, every single day of training camp so far, something a little bit unique and a little bit rough has happened to the Winnipeg Jets uh, outside of the context of hockey. Uh, it started with a minor fender bender with Sammy Nuku and, and Christian Veselainen on the road on the way to practice. Uh, there's been a Dustin Bufflin personal leave turned retirement contemplation. That would be a massive hole if he does choose to retire. Um, the Patrick Laine uh, ongoing contract situation plus words to finish media. Kyle Connor is still not here. Uh, it's a time in Winnipeg right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with the, the most recent calamity. Um, what can you tell us about the Dustin Bufflin situation? Well, I caught up with it, uh, as many did, when, when Bob McKenzie committed to it on TSN yesterday. Um, Justin Bufflin is, as far as we know, re- contemplating retirement, which in some ways is is uh, a, a positive surprise because 
as soon as the personal leave was asked for, uh, the questions come in, okay, what's the, what's the scenario here? Because a year ago we had Nick Fatan take a personal leave and his father had passed away. So the questions were, is everybody okay? Well, everybody is okay, other than maybe Dustin Bufflin has lost the joy that makes him such a fun player to watch in Winnipeg. And I think he really does sort of transcend hockey in Winnipeg. There are people who don't follow the Jets who know so much about him and who are talking about him in the coffee shop these days. Um, I don't have an insight as to where he stands on these sorts of things. I know Ben Hankinson, his agent, has politely returned text to Ken Reed, uh, our colleague here in Winnipeg, but they're not really commenting it right now. I think the whole message is we're going to give this guy some time and space and peace to, to figure out what he needs to do uh, because he's so important as a person and a player to this team. That's the only thing you can do other than cross your fingers and get out your superstitions and, and what have you, to, that he'll choose what you want him to. I, I want to clarify something for our listeners. We did not pipe in hockey sounds to make this sound more authentic. You are actually <laughs> at work right now, aren't you? Yeah, uh, Bell MTS Iceplex. The, the more NHL group of jet skaters, we got 25 of them on the ice today for the second practice session. Anything that you hear is real. Uh, we're dodging pucks to talk to you today. <laughs> I like the idea of though having the hockey noise is like white noise throughout your apartment or house. Just kind of have that just around you. Uh, let's look big picture here. If Dustin Bufflin at least is delayed to start the season, or if he doesn't come back at all, obviously Jacob Trouba has been traded. Tyler Myers is out of town. Is there really any reason to believe this blue line that pretty much has Josh Morrissey and a lot of question marks? Is there any reason to believe that blue line is going to be competent for a team with playoff aspir- aspirations and beyond? I don't think so, is the short answer of it. I mean, every now and again, you see teams sort of scrape by on a, either a super hot goaltending or a superlative deep uh, forward group. Winnipeg does have those forwards, and Connor Hellebuck two seasons ago was a Vezina finalist. So there's, there is something to like there to think that this is still a competitive team. They're not going to be one of the, the bottom dwellers in the league, even without that hole filled. But... At the same time, let's be realistic. I, I don't think that there's ever been a year-over-year decline in defensive quality that would happen if Truba, Myers, to a lesser degree, Surratt, and to a much bigger degree, Dustin Bufflin, all were, were gone from this team uh, in one summer. I, I already thought that the Jets really realistically could use one more top four defenseman with Bufflin in. So if Bufflin comes back, he and Morrissey are the, the two sure things in the top four. And then you have to sort of sort out, is Neil Pionk ready to be a consistent top four defenseman? Can Sami Niku take a step forward? Is Nathan Beaulieu capable of taking that leap as well? And those are too many question marks for me really to believe in this defense. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting times here in Winnipeg. Have you checked in with Josh Morrissey, by the way, to make sure that he's not like joining a monastery in Tibet or something? <laughs> uh, he's on the ice in front of me right now, so he, he hasn't fled. Okay. Uh, that's a good sign. His minutes are going up. <laughs> so I have visual confirmation of him uh, about, about 20 meters up the ice. All right, uh, I guess we have to get into line A here. I mean, his comments, uh, it, it, let's just assume they get him signed here at some point and he's back on the roster like he should be. How long does it take for his teammates to put those comments behind them? Uh, if you listen to his teammates, it would be absolutely instantaneous. Um, though I always wonder in circumstances like this, uh, players do a great job of saying it's business, It's you know, he's got to deal with it, that's fine. Um, but his comments did 
whatever the literal meaning of what he said in Finnish or however you interpret them. I mean, he talked about his role and his usage. I don't think he named names or anything to the effect like like some of the rumors go around. Um, I think that's an interesting situation. If I was his PR team, I would say immediately stop saying these things. <laughs> <laughs> but Blake Wheeler, I was, I was asking him about it the other day. Blake Wheeler uh, has been made to speak about this quite a lot. And he says he's still sending funny snaps to uh, to Patrick Liney as the weeks go on. So it seems like the relationships are still okay. The olive branch is still there. What What is the situation? How would you describe those talks? We heard, we heard from the agent saying they're not close. Um, and also Connor, while we're at it, what, what would you say are the, uh, I, I guess, the state of negotiations with those two very key players? Well, the impression that I have is that, yeah, they're not in fact close and, and, and nothing's imminent on either front. Uh, I've always thought and been under the impression that Kyle Connor would be the easier contract to sign. Uh, I, I believe that team is looking for a, a longer-term extension in Winnipeg. Kyle Connor's had the best of things since he's come broken into the league. Uh, big goal totals playing with Mark Scheifele and, and Blake Wheeler on the top line number one power play time, and even a PK time as well that made him the most used Winnipeg Jet forward in the playoffs last year, which I think a lot of folks don't know. They would expect that to be Shifley or Wheeler. So I think things, all systems are going. It's just a matter of a dollar amount in his case. And then with Patrick Liney, there's just so much question about, well, what is his goal scoring level? Is he a 44-goal scorer? Is he the 30-goal scorer we saw last year? Can he build a defensive game? Can he impact not just goals, but maybe where the play gets, where, where the flow of play takes place on the ice. Because his defense is getting called into question a little bit more than Connor's, even though I don't think either of them have it sorted out. So all of that to say, I think that his camp is looking more for something short term where for two or three years they can really bet heavily on themselves. He rebounds and then the big ticket contract comes next. And I don't think that's imminent either because he's skating in Bern right now in Switzerland. <laughs> Speaking of Line A, and, and Craig, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was rated in the athletic polls one of the most <laughs> the most overrated player. He was indeed. In sure. and, and, it's be- and it's because of those auxiliary parts of his game beyond goal scoring. Where do you sit on his true talent level in your mind? Well, uh, on the goal scoring front, I think he's a much uh, more prolific goal scorer than the 30 goal scorer that we saw last year. I think that, you know, shooting percentage runs and other things can sort of realistically push him back a little bit towards 40. But the thing that's separating him from, say, an Alex Ovechkin, who's a perennial leader uh, at the end of the season, is the amount of ways he has to score. He's got the one-timer. He, he has the office. He's scoring tons of power play goals even still. But those sort of greasy ones uh, in front of the net, the ones that perhaps come because he drove the play all the way up ice, made it a couple of extra plays, uh, to, to break the puck out of his own blue line to eat the damage, then make it to the, the other side of the ice and create chances for his line mates and for himself. There's just maybe another 5% there that I think is going to come from his development. I think his defensive woes are a little bit overstated. Um, there's certainly been times where he struggles to break it out of his own zone, uh, uh, a little bit under pressure. There have been some giveaways, and, and that's an issue for sure. But I don't actually think that he's miles below a Kyle Connor or a Nick Ehlers in terms of his defensive impact. I think that he hasn't played with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler and has instead played on a fairly chemistry-less line with Brian Little and Nick Ehlers by and large so far. So I think that there's a player to improve there, but perhaps never to dominate at that side of the game. 
All right, Murat, the last couple years they've had the uh, the offense and even the defense in front of their goalie to, to mask shaky goaltending if they got it. At least they'll be a playoff team. Now it seems like they're going to have to lean on Connor Hellebuck more than, than maybe the last couple years. He was great two years ago, not as good last year. Where is the real Connor Hellebuck in your mind? I think almost exactly between them. A lot of things went right the, the season where uh, he was a Vezina finalist. He His save percentage on the penalty kill was league-leading, and uh, the amount of shots he faced on the penalty kill for two straight seasons were, were almost historic in terms of the amount of shots Winnipeg gives up in that particular situation. There's a lot of there was a big step back in terms of transition defense last year compared to 2017-2018. So there's, I think, a few reasons to think that while Connor Hellebuck is better than the goaltender we saw last year, his job's getting harder, and perhaps above average is where he's going to settle as a long-term NHL goaltender, not necessarily on the podium at the end of the year, but a good goaltender for Winnipeg. A couple more things before we let you go. Uh, Any camp surprises with... uh what apparently is an increasing amount of roster spots open. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely an increasing amount of roster spots. There are players who I sort of first saw as Manitoba Moose, like Yona Luoto, actually Laine's childhood friend and former teammate in Tampere, Finland, um, or Andre Chubisov, who Winnipeg signed out of the KHL. I thought that they were AHLers for sure, um, but as the spots open up or might stay open, those, those young men could become uh, end-of-roster Winnipeg Jets. I think the biggest step forward I've seen are the most impressive players, though. Sami Niku on defense last night was just clinical in his skating and his passing and moving the puck up the ice. There was just a brilliant stretch pass to Andrew Kopp that set up a goal. I think he's somebody Winnipeg needs to take a step forward because that defense needs puck movement more than anything right now. And then as a lesser version of that as well, Tucker Pullman, uh, I think he's ready to be a full-time Winnipeg Jet on this particular defense as well. And he showed well early in preseason. So those are two men who I think their stock's going up. All right, last question for you. And I know this is difficult to answer with so much in flux right now. Where does this team stack up in the Central and the West? With Dustin Bufflin playoff bubble, I think they have it in them to, to make it. I think they're going to adapt to some of the things that went wrong for them last season. But towards the wild card range, without Dustin Bufflin, I don't see this as a playoff team. Wow. That's hard to argue with that, I guess. I mean, the more I think about it. Murat, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate your insight, man. Try to enjoy the season. Hey, you too. I love it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Murat Atesh of The Athletic. Uh, that's a... Uh... <laughs> First of all, his, his Twitter handle is at WPG Murat, M-U-R-A-T. So give him a follow there. Obviously knows his Jets, or at least what's left of them. I was waiting for the sounds behind him to get more and more quiet as more and more players left for Bern in, uh, in Switzerland, but that didn't happen. It's funny, if you are a Coyotes fan... Coyotes fans don't like Winnipeg fans, and vice versa. <laughs> I wonder why. And for, for the longest time, it really looked like Winnipeg was on the way towards being... Almost the Toronto. We had this conversation like a year ago. Which which team is more poised to win the cup soon or first, Toronto or Winnipeg? And uh, then Winnipeg lost three quarters of their blue line. Yeah, I mean, that might be a playoff spot opening in the Western Conference. I, I agree with him completely. I, I mean, even with Dustin Bufflin, I think they're going to struggle. They're going to be right at that bubble. But without him, I, I can't imagine this this blue line. Your blue line can't take that many hits. It's just a critical part of the game. You can't lose, and we didn't even mention you know the fourth loss in the offseason. We forgot to mention Shrod. So 
This is this is a decimated blue line right now. You don't rebuild that in a season. It takes a lot of time to build the chemistry and the flow of your systems when you have so many new guys. I don't understand how they let this happen to get to the point where you are one of the the favorites. We're talking about this off the air. It's, right. it's not like they have some amazing history in the, in the playoffs. Craig was reading through it. But they made that deep run two seasons ago, and they ran into St. Louis, who ultimately won the Cup last season. So you could come out of that and say, if you can keep your pieces, and, and you know you bring Connor and Line a back, and at the time, if you could somehow find a way to keep Trouba, although that never seemed to be a priority for them, he didn't know Buffalo was thinking about maybe retiring. It's like, okay, this team's window should still be open. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even if they just get Line a and Connor re-signed in short order here before the season starts, I think that's probably still a playoff team maybe maybe it's, it's a bubble team it's a bubble think team how important a blue line is to a team's success man i i don't know and again like you said about the history they have two playoff series wins you know yeah. we think about this team being an elite nhl team they won two series in one season that's it yeah that's it but they were supposed to be on the way up and if you just want to compare the jets and the coyotes the coyotes are definitely a team on the way up now and winnipeg is dropping so much faster than I ever would have imagined. Yeah, the, the window is closed. The, the window is like slamming shut and breaking. Yes, they're not. They're not a Stanley Cup team. They're just not. They they can't. Not with that blue line. Like, is that? I mean, I will have to take a closer look. But that could be the worst blue line in the Western Conference if Buffalo doesn't come back. Who? This is Marat's piece, right on the Athletic, where he does the the doomsday scenario for what their blue yeah. line would look like. It's it's the whole roster, but this is what their blue line would look like, assuming Buffalo doesn't come back. Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk are your, your that's your top pairing. Yeah. One uh, of them deserves to be there. <laughs> Nathan Bellow and Tucker Pullman as your second pairing. Dmitry Kulikov, who's somehow making more than all of them, and uh Sammy Niku. That's your that's your that's your third pairing. You're asking a, yeah, you're asking a lot. And you're paying a lot to Dmitry Kulikov just to be your third pairing defenseman. If he can't move up in this scenario, then what's the point? Hmm. So anyway, we, we talk so much about how there's you have like a team like the Coyotes or maybe Chicago or maybe Edmonton that could make the playoffs, but who's going to drop out? This might be one of those teams that, that drops out. And and I did say that. Give me some credit, Luke. A few weeks back, when I was like, Winnipeg is a team that could fall out. You did. Did you know Dustin Bufflin was considering I, not playing? I, I think even with Dustin Bufflin, this is a team that could fall out. You did. You did. So it's just, it's unfortunate. I, again, I've been the biggest champion of Winnipeg on the show for what, two and a half years now? Yeah, you've turned on a couple of the teams you used to really support, like Winnipeg and, well, it, it's, it's such a mixed relationship with Colorado because you love Nathan McKinnon, but you hate yeah. the Avalanche. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's I hate, hate them personally. That's good. <laughs> that's become very evident. Uh, next week, Pacific Division preview, the week after Strictly a Coyotes preview as we start the season. All right. So for Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, Craig. <laughs> Craig is doing something over there. I think I know what he's doing. I'm Luke Lipinski, and now you know the rest of the story. That's beautiful. Thank you.